Amen. Good morning. Great to see you. What a, uh, what a fantastic uh, few days that we've had. Uh, I think we had over uh, around 2,800 people come to the hiding place. So, um, and, um, and I know of 30 responses to the gospel that took place through that time. So, uh, you know, we keep pushing on and uh, keep believing and um, it's fantastic. And of course, tonight is my favorite meeting of the month and the meeting that I'd love you all to go. Goodbye, youth. Have a good time. Um, uh, I'd love you all to come and join us for prayer at 5.30, the time where we see where God has um, answered our prayers. We'll hear some testimonies. We'll celebrate what God has done through last year and what we're believing that God is going to do this year. It is a fabulous uh, gathering, uh, prayer gathering. It is absolutely um, critical that we step in and, um, and, and seal this period of prayer as we go into 2023, believing that the Lord will do some amazing things. So it's fantastic. Uh, I began uh, last week, of course, uh, preaching a sermon that had, I think, six points, and I only got to point two. So if you're new here, I have to apologize for that and just say, hey, uh, here's part two. It was going to be part two anyway, but part two is part one. Uh, so we're going to continue to think about the challenges that we face. And of course, what I spoke to you about was about that so often in life we are feeling, and many of you I know are feeling this, you're feeling overwhelmed. And, and it's uh, particularly as we've come out of COVID and particularly as, as there's been a shift in our culture in those uh, that remarkable um, moments in culture when things start to shift, you and I may feel the, the, the pressure. We feel overwhelmed. We can feel as if, how am I going to get through? What am I going to do? Where is my Christian faith in all of this? But what, what we know is that God calls us to persevere. And sometimes what we forget is that perseverance is a weapon that we use against the powers of darkness in this world. And God is looking for people like ourselves, who will persevere even though we may feel overwhelmed. And the first way in which uh, the, the, we persevere works is, by, is that it enables us to resist the enemy. And, and when we keep pushing and keep going, we are resisting the enemy. And we are standing there strong and we know that endurance is part of our Christian journey. We know that, it's, that we're on that marathon. In fact, it's not really a marathon, it's an ultra marathon. And, and we're, we're running the race, we're not giving up, we're not going. And the enemy wants to cause us to give up his, his, his abilities. He wants to shout at Christians and tell us to stop believing, to stop pushing in, to stop moving forward and, and to stop going on. And this is the chief way in which we resist the enemy is by us, of course, persevering. And secondly, it is essential for growing character. That when we grow character in perseverance, 
we, we develop, we grow, and God wants us always to grow in our characters. I know there are areas in our lives that we battle with. There are character things that we really want God to change. We really want God to move in our lives. And, and when our character is transformed, we bear fruit in our lives. And when our character is transformed, we, 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 it stops us from falling away. When our character is transformed, our prayers are being answered. When our character is being changed, we become qualified for ministry. Our character, our good character, resists the temptation of the enemy. When our character is at work and being changed, we reflect the light and the glory of God through us because we've got Jesus working around and within us. When our character is transformed, we experience abundance and there's abundance of life that takes place. These are promises that are in scripture. They're not just things I'm saying. They're not just motivational talks as if I'm some kind of motivational preacher. You can do it. But I can say that with the power of the Holy Spirit, you are being transformed. It's Good character is the basis on which spiritual gifts are released within your life. And of course, good character, as we allow God to change us, brings us that point of reward. And every one of us will die. And every one of us will one day stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we will be rewarded on how we have allowed God to shape and to mold our good character. And allow that to take place. And allow that to take place. And if you want the notes, just email us. And here are all those biblical texts that link to those character points. See, I don't just preach it, I memorize it. And then I pray it. And then I memorize it. And I pray it. And uh, because, because when we grab hold of our minds, and we renew our minds, and we pray what we know is biblically true, <clears throat> our lives are transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that may be new for you. It may be, oh, never really heard this before. I, I just think I'm, I'm at you know, the bay of my mind and, and whatever my mind thinks, then that's what I should do. No, no, you have authority over your thoughts. You have authority to change the way you think. You have, you can bring and involve the presence and the power of Christ within your life to transform your character and to move within your life and to see that at work. So we endure and we defeat the enemy through perseverance as a gift from God, point one. And through perseverance, we develop character that brings all of these mighty blessings into our lives, point two. And point three, as we go into the second part of this, is for salvation and spiritual growth of others. In other words, we are called as a church to keep pushing forward as individuals so that we see the salvation of people in our community. And God has called us to reach into our community and see a difference and to proclaim Jesus and we don't know where we're having effects we don't know what lives we're touching but we are called to persevere and never stop being a Christian witness for the Lord Jesus Christ within our lives I was studying Savon do you know Savon up the road it's yeah yeah it used to be called Coopers and and I, I liked it when it was Coopers uh, Savon is, anyway, why am I talking about that? Uh, but 
But I stood there in the lineup for self-service. I always sort of panic in the self-service lineup because I haven't got my more point card. So I have to ask the lady, will you give me the card? And sometimes, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm bad. And so you didn't, didn't bring your card. Nope. So I'm stood there in the lineup with everybody else and, and a guy taps me on the shoulder. I've never seen him ever in my life. And he just looked at me and he said, I just want to thank you. You have saved my life. And I was like, uh, sorry? He said, I've, 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 I've come and I've listened and my life has been transformed by the power of the gospel. And I was like, oh, wow. I'm holding my beans and my bread and everything. I'm like, oh, and instantly my whole thing wants to go, who are you? You know, I've never seen you. Who are you, man, standing next to me in Savon, carrying three boxes of cereal? What is going on in your life? And he just said, I said, oh, what's your name? And he gave me his first name. He said, I was lost, but, but it, it, my life has been changed and walks out of Savon. Hallelujah for Rutland. Hallelujah. <laughs> that God works. And I'm like, we cannot stop. the. Pr- and every one of us, we have opportunity. I have no idea of his story. I don't know who he is. I don't know where he went. I just disappeared. I've never seen him since. It was, this happened three weeks ago or a couple of weeks ago. Never seen anything like it. But we have to remind ourselves as a church, God has put us here in this community. And God has put us for that reason, the statement of that man. And the statement of that man was, uh, I have been changed by the power of Jesus Christ. And you've, you have... You have saved my life. Well, no, I haven't saved your life. Of course, that's not right. But what has saved his life and changed his life around is the good news of Jesus Christ. Churches lose their way when they forget the power of the gospel and they become timid in inviting people to get saved. And sometimes I'm in conversations and they'll go, well, you know, is it right to us, you know, in this culture today, invite people to respond or give their lives? You know, it's a little bit, feels a little bit awkward for us as Christians. Why does it feel awkward? It shouldn't feel awkward because if somebody did not preach the gospel to me and literally say, do you want to give your life to Jesus? Come on, put, come on down and talk to us. And I came down and talked to us. I wouldn't have entered the kingdom of God. It took a preacher and the foolishness of preaching to make that difference. But a church and you and I have to stay on track with perseverance to believe that the gospel will change lives. And not only does it take perseverance, but it's about spiritual growth of others. That when we persevere we are affecting and helping others to grow spiritually. That we are there. Look what Paul writes to Timothy. Therefore, I endured everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. I endured everything. In other words, what the promise is, and it's not always a very nice promise, that is that when you are committed to persevere towards salvation and seeing spiritual growth of others, then you will face opposition. You will face opposition in our lives. We will face opposition as a church. We will face opposition within that. 
But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man, talking of Paul, is chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. This is a remarkable and a difficult concept that I think Western pastors have forgotten. That when we are pushing forward with proclamation of the gospel and spiritual growth within the life of the church and we're looking for transformation, and you and I are in the same in this, is that we will face difficulties, opposition, spiritual battle. We will face times of suffering. How do we know this? Because Christ himself came to bring the message to the world, and he suffered. And Paul recognised that because Christ suffered to bring the good news, there are times in our lives when when Paul will suffer to bring the good news. And indeed, Paul utterly did suffer to bring good news. But then he's teaching Timothy, Timothy, you are going to have to endure many difficulties because if you choose to teach the Bible and you choose to disciple people and you choose to do evangelism, you will face difficulty and you will endure hardships. And it is not easy to maintain a Christian witness in the Roman Empire in the same way that it's not easy for you and I with Western secularization to maintain our witness for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, but the Lord is calling the church in 2023 after, after 21 days of prayer and fasting, God is calling us to per persevere and to believe and to endure and to keep going and to keep preaching and to keep believing in the power of God in this generation. Each one of us, we've got a role and it's, oh, I know sometimes we can feel so tired. Our cells are weary. We can feel so perhaps isolated. We can feel marginalized perhaps. We can feel, we know things are shifting. But there's an urgency about our call to persevere and to keep even though it's going to hurt. Even though it is a battle and it's so easy to to give up. For, as Hebrews says, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand, the throne of God. That's what Christ did. What was the joy set before him? Why did Christ endure? Why did Christ go to the cross? Why did he experience what he did, gasping for every breath, feeling the tearing pain in his body, knowing the hard nails driven through his hands and through his feet? Why did he endure? He did this, and Isaiah 53 answers it. And after the suffering of his soul, he will see the result of the suffering of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge by righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. His joy and he endured the hardships because he would know 
that many of us would come into salvation and our souls would be renewed and we would receive the greatest gift that any of us could ever receive, the gift of a relationship with God, the joy of a glorious companionship of the Holy Spirit within our lives and the knowledge that we have been given the greatest gift, which is eternal life, that we will live forever in his presence. Whoa. That's why Christ suffered to bring your soul into salvation. And that's why Paul suffered to bring many into salvation. And that's why he taught Timothy to push on and endure because it's not easy being a Christian, but we've got to bring many people into salvation. And that's why today... Now, 2023, this year, God calls us to keep enduring and go to the end and to finish the fight well. It's hard, isn't it? I was, I was thinking about this. I was, it weirdly, when I was working on this, it reminded me of the first Rocky movie, which, you know which has to be one of the greatest movies I ever watched. But I know probably you disagree with that, and I'm English and I'm a sinner. But I'm just like, Rocky, you know, that first film? And, and when he's like, and he's in the ring against the world champion, and he's like, oh, I'm going to do this. Uh, and he, uh, Adrian! Adrian! I just love it. I watched it with my 16-year-old son. He'd never seen it. He said, the graphics are rubbish, Dad. And, and we watched it together because uh, he'd watched the remake. I don't know, something. I haven't watched that one or something. He said, can we watch the original? I said, yeah, it's, it's an amazing film. It, you would forget how actually slow it is. And then compared to today's films, and then, then, then he's in the ring. And, he's, and uh, the one line that got me always gets me was he knows he's not going to win because <clears throat> he's just put there to kind of, you know. But all he says is, all I want to do is go the full length. I just want to go the distance. See, somebody knows it. They're actually quoting the right lines. <laughs> I just want to go the distance. And at the end, he's absolutely beat up and he's absolutely, you know, he looks ah, disgusting, let's be honest. Looks disgusting. But he, he went the distance. And I, I think that is the heart of what the apostle is trying to remind you. Will you go the distance? Will you go the distance and believe? Will you keep the battle? Will you keep fighting? Will you keep pushing on? Will you go the distance? And I remember that prayer as a teenager. Because I watched all my friends falling away, as you have done. And I remember in many altar services, after I got saved, kneeling at the front of church, and my one prayer was this, particularly in my 20s, was, Lord, please, let me never fall away from serving you. I remember intensely, and it's weird now, I'm, I'm 57, and I know, hard to believe. But I'm 57, and now I get Facebook messages. Um, 
I'm not very, I'm not very good at Facebook Messenger or anything like that. So if you're trying to like communicate spiritual deep things through Facebook, <laughs> honestly, I'm useless. Um, but but I, I do get other ones I see, and it's like, I feel, you know, friends. I had one off a Salvation Army evangelist who I knew in my 20s. And it was a funny message, and it, at the end of it, he just said, I'm really encouraged that you are still serving the Lord and being in ministry because so many of us that started out have fallen to the side. I thought, oh, that's a strange thing to say. And then I started to add up those that I know that have fallen away. Those that add up that have given up in ministry. Those that have stepped away and haven't stepped in. And why is that? Well, because of the pain, I'm guessing. Because of the disappointment. Because of the fight leaves you for all of us. The fight leaves us sometimes like we're, we just want to go the full distance. Can I ask you, will you go the full distance? Keep going the full distance. Keep believing. Fourth, perseverance. It is the only way we complete everything we have been given to do. This is amazing. You and I have been given... Until the day that we die and your death is appointed unto God when God will call you. You and I have been appointed tasks and purposes to do. (coughs) We have a role to play. If there's a cost to pay, that is true. But there is also a role to play that God has given you to do and to be involved in. God has called you. You have a role, you have a purpose, you have a task. And part of our calling as believers is that we fulfill the calling, the purpose, the task that God has given us to keep going. You've got gifts, you've got talents, so don't give up. And in fact, when you give up, you're actually denying yourself of seeing how God is going to use you as an instrument in the future. God has a unique plan or a race or a purpose for each of our lives. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. For when David had served God's purposes in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his fathers and and his body decayed. Notice these two things. You are God's workmanship. And he's working on you so you fulfill your purpose in the kingdom of God. And as I've said before, I often said to the Lord, Lord, what am I going to do when I'm old? You know? What am I, cause who wants an old? I don't know. What am I going to do? And I remember the spirit of the Lord whispering to me. He said, when you are old, And dying, you will pray for the revival of the nations. Okay, that's a good retirement. I'm going to pray for revival in the nations when I'm old, okay? That's me. What are you going to do? What is your purpose? What is your job? 
And I heard it as clear as anything, that whisper from the Lord, because you are God's workmanship. And for when David had served God's purposes, what is God's purpose? He then died and then says, I have fought the good fight. This is the rocky moment. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now they're in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. What a fantastic verse that reminds us, fourthly, that we've got a task to complete. So maybe one thing you need to ask again, the Holy Spirit in your life, and I do, what is my task? What purpose have you got me to do, Lord? What am I called to do, every one of you? You say, you know, we're so self-evasive, we're so humble. We say, oh, I can never be used by God. No, you can be used by God. You can be used in every sector of our society. You can be used beautifully and powerfully and wonderfully. You are meant to fulfill a purpose that God has given you to do in the most beautiful and profound way. Nobody may ever notice it, but the Lord notices it because we perform to an audience of one. And the audience of one is the Lord Jesus Christ. Fifth. It inspires others to persevere. Your presence, what you're doing, you running the race, you're coming alongside, it inspires others. Last week I told you a story about 1969 in Mexico City when the runner fell over, the, the Tanzanian runner fell over and, and he was in the marathon and... and Finally, at the final celebrations, he finished the race. Uh, David and I, David Robinson and I, did the London Marathon together. And it was, um, it was a remarkable time. We, we did it for charity and we ran it. But David was a little slower than I was. and um, It was a beautiful time, but he, he was quite slow. And... Uh, <laughs> And, and it, it came across the line, I think, seven hours and 50 minutes later. It was a personal best for him. And, 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 and he phones me up, and I lived uh, three hours away outside of London, and the, he phones me up, he goes, I've finished it. I said, well done, David. Good job. He said, are you ready to go for some food or drink? I'll, I'll come. And I said, David, I'm, I'm back home. I'm in the bath right now. But the point was, it doesn't matter how long it takes or what you do, you can never take away the fact that you finished the race. And you inspire others to finish the race. And of course, the Tanzania racer, he came in, came in at the end in 1992. Derek Redman uh, ran the 400 meters for Britain at the Olympics. And as he got ready, bang! ran and the worst thing that possibly happened he pulled his hamstring and he went straight down 
And in agony and pain, he got up and he started to limp towards the end. And one man pushed his way through the crowd and got through security and ran on to the arena and there went and said, you don't have to do this. And Derek said, I'm going to finish the race. And then the man said, I'm going to finish it with you then. And his father picked him up, held him in his arms, and Derek hobbled down the last 300 meters to finish the race as his head was in his father's shoulder and he carried him as tears ran down his face. But the father carried him to the end. Now you probably think I'm going to say that the father will carry us to the end. But I'm not. I'm going to say that you and I have a duty to pick people up around us and to carry them to the end. There are people around us that have fallen and broken and they're on the race, but they're lying on the flat. But our love, our empathy, our care, our connection can pick them up and we can get them over the finish line. You can get people over the finish line. We can encourage, and that's the role of a pastor, is to get people over the finish line. It's the role to pick them up and get them there. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Amen? Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scored in its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God, of the throne of God, considered him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Do not lose heart. Do not lose heart and grow weary of your faith. But consider him. Consider Christ. And finally, six. Simply, it is how we obtain the answer to our big prayers and experience fruitfulness. Endurance. Why is the prayer meeting the hardest meeting to get Christians to? Ah, oh, let me just bang my head for a moment. <laughs> what is going on? You know... I'd rather you didn't come Sunday morning, but you came Sunday night to pray. I know there's other reasons involved, and I know it's not always representative. But wouldn't it be amazing that when we endure and we run the race, that the prayer gathering and the worship gathering was the most attended event because we know that actually in God's economy, it's prayer that makes the ultimate difference. It's prayer that makes the difference. And Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray ah, 
and not give up. And not give up. Let us not become weary of doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. The sad thing about this message, and I find aspects of it quite sad, it's this is that when we stop persevering, we lose the wonderful opportunity to fulfill the purposes that God has for us. And when we stop persevering, we lose the opportunity to see that breakthrough in those barriers that we are believing God to do. We've got to persevere. And perseverance and endurance is a spiritual weapon that the devil cannot beat. Because when we persevere and we decide I am not for turning, I'm going to run the race, I'm going to finish it, I'm going to keep going, it is such a gift. Go the distance, go the distance. And come and pray tonight. And let's believe for Canada. Let's believe for your three things. Let's believe. It's appropriate that we've got communion. And if you have, have got your cups in front of you. If you're new, um, this is a double cup procedure. You've got one cup and you've got another cup at the bottom. The one cup at the bottom has... The bread. Communion is a sacred and a wonderful moment. It's where we get right with God. It's where we take an inventory of our lives and it's where we pause. taking an inventory it's a holy Christian activity in fact the Bible encourages us not to take communion if you're not a believer but maybe this morning it's time for you to be a believer and you've listened to me and you've gone okay you haven't really sold Christianity to me I've got to persevere I've got to endure I'm God's workmanship. He's got a purpose for me. He's got a mission for me in life. He'll be with me. And I'm going to come through the race and I'm going to get a reward at the end. Eternal life. And Pastor Phil, that sounds amazing if it's true. And it sounds hard as well. It is both. But maybe now for you, it's time for you to get right with God. Or maybe simply for you to become a Christian and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. So as everybody else is preparing their hearts, Christians know 
what to do, why don't you give your life to Jesus? I pray the prayer over the night and I'll pray it again. Dear Lord Jesus, this morning I give my life to you. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. And forgive me. As you gave your life for me on the cross. give my life to you. I choose to make you Lord of my life now. I choose to take the call and be a follower of Jesus Christ today. So every head's bowed for a moment and this is a moment between the pastor and the congregation. This morning you've gone, yeah, that's me. I give my life now fully to Christ. If that's you, just look up and nod at me or raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I will know that you responded to Jesus this morning. You said, yeah, I want to be a Christian. Anybody? Yeah. God bless you. That's wonderful. Anybody else? Just raise your hand or let me know I'm coming to Christ. Already somebody's given their lives to Jesus. Anybody else? Lord, I thank you for salvation and the power of the cross. And Lord, we thank you that on the night in which the Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body which is broken for you. And friends, now, take the bread and remember that he gave his life for you. Eat it in remembrance of him. same way the Lord Jesus took the cup and poured it out saying this is the blood of the new covenant that takes away the sins of the world friends you are forgiven and you are cleansed by the blood of the new covenant drink it remembrance of him Amen. Amen. As we stand to worship, if you need prayer for anything, perseverance, come. Our prayer people will be available here, elders and so on.
And tonight, if you're sick, call for the elders as well. We'll be praying for the sick tonight at 5.30. Childcare is available. And come and join us to finish our 21 days off. And let's, let's run the race. Persevere. And let's, let's pray this evening. Let's stand together.